Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for this day you've blessed us with an awesome opportunity to be able to come into your house and be able to study a little bit. Help us as we do that to get the message you want us to receive and apply it in the right way and to go out and share it with others. Thank you oh so much as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. We're coming upon St. Patrick's Day. Some interesting facts about St. Patrick. He's known as being the patron saint of Ireland. And Patrick was born in Britain, the son of a Christian deacon in the late 4th century, around 385 A.D. And when he was 16, Irish raiders stormed his village and took him as a captive to Ireland and sold him into slavery. After six years of being a slave... He escaped, and he began studying at a monastery and was made a bishop at age 43. Not accepted totally as a saint by the Catholic Church, but traditionally known as a saint. And St. Patrick went back to Ireland as a missionary and is credited for introducing Christianity to Ireland, which shows his forgiveness He was a slave in Ireland, yet in his forgiveness that was taught by studying the Word of God, the example Jesus Christ gave us of forgiveness, he expressed that in his life and went back to those that actually was treating him and using him as a slave and brought Christianity, brought the gospel to them and did a great work there. So that's to his credit there that he showed that kind of forgiveness which we should all learn from that. When we look at his life, when we look at the recognition of St. Patrick as to think of that most of all, a young man that was forgiving and went back to those that had treated him as a slave and, and brought them the salvation message, which, as I say, we can all learn from that. And some interesting things that they do around St. Patrick's Day is they acknowledge the shamrock, and shamrock is like a clover. St. Patrick used the shamrock to explain or display the Holy Trinity. Because if you look at a shamrock, it has three petals of the leaf that are combined onto one stem. He taught about the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, all being independent but yet connected and as one, just like the shamrock. Three petals but one leaf Three lobes of the petal, you might say, but one leaf. And it's been distorted through traditions and so forth, bringing in the four-leaf clover, which has absolutely nothing to do with St. Patrick or the things that he wanted to teach. The color green is connected with St. Patrick's Day, which really has nothing to do with St. Patrick, but he was able to use things that were believed by the locals, the Celtic beliefs and the Celtic traditions and even some of the paganism, and convert them into a Christian message, which we can always look at that. The Lord used that many times in his parables. He would look around and see things even in people's behavior or in the world, things in the natural scene, and teach a spiritual message by something that is found in nature. And 
the green that is, is brought in is the, the color of the plant life, and green can stand for awakening and new beginnings and growth. And in the Celtic religion, the paganism, the Celtic green man is a veget- is a vegetation and fertility god of their paganism. So if you could take that and represent life in the Christian way, so he was able to use that green for that. In medieval Europe, green was associated with Satan, and wearing it was considered unlucky. So you have different cultures feel different ways about the green. But today, they really go overboard with all the green stuff. They dye rivers green. They wear complete green outfits and so forth. But St. Patrick didn't wear green. He just used the green to help represent life and new beginnings as of the spring, just like in the greenery that we find around Christmas time, having a message in that as well. But the key thing is that he showed forgiveness. St. Patrick showed forgiveness going back to Ireland and spreading the gospel. He didn't go there and expect them to repay him anything like many slaves of the United States right now, they want reparations, or I should say many descendants, the great-great-great-grandkids of someone who was a slave here, they assume that, okay, then I should receive a reparations or some kind of payback for what happened to one of my ancient relatives, which is crazy. That does not show forgiveness. That does not show moving on. That shows a bitterness and a resentment for someone's past. But St. Patrick, being a former slave, showed forgiveness. He didn't go back expecting somebody to give him anything special. He went back to give. He went back to share. He went back to help. And that's what we can all learn from his life. And speaking of forgiveness, let's look what the Word of God teaches us about forgiveness. We'll turn to Matthew in chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 5, in verse 44, words of the Lord... But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Which is exactly what St. Patrick did. He went back to his enemy and helped them, blessed them by sharing the gospel with them. And then in Matthew chapter 6, where we go so often, the model prayer The Lord teaches us about this proper attitude. In the model prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's that caution. That's that woe. That's that you've got to be forgiving to receive the full forgiveness for what you've done wrong. Critical point there that the Lord's teaching. It's important for us to forgive others. As we have said, St. Patrick gave us that example. 
to go back to someone who would have been considered an enemy, someone who was persecuting him in a form, made him a slave. And he took Christianity, the word of the Lord, and shared with them. We'll now turn to Romans chapter 12. In Romans chapter 12, picking it up in verse 14, it reads, Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Once again, that same message. We've got to understand that the Lord has said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. As we continue reading here, you see that. He told us that back in the Old Testament, and he's reinforcing that here in, in the book of Romans. We don't have to have the attitude of unforgiveness and, and the attitude of, I'm going to get back at somebody, I'm going to do some payback. Nope, don't do that. Do just the opposite. It says, Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And you know the Lord's going to do a whole lot better job at that payback than we are. Which therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. Difficult sometimes, yes. But you've got to really understand and know that when you have unforgiveness, that is worse on you than it is on the one that you have unforgiveness for. You are the one carrying that burden. You are the one losing out on blessings. You are the one failing to receive full forgiveness from the Lord even. For your own sins. So we must be forgiving. Difficult, yes, but we must do it. By the power of Jesus Christ, by His grace, His mercy, He can allow us to do that and to pass right on by those evil thoughts that we can well up in ourselves about getting that payback. Let that go. Don't have anything to do with that. Over in Luke, in chapter 17, Verses 3 and 4 here. See, take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. So whoever turns against you, does something against you, strikes out at you, we are told to be forgiving. Be forgiving. And share what the Lord has given you. He's given you forgiveness. Be forgiving with others. He gives us that great commission to go out and to help others. That's the way that we can show forgiveness even for our enemies is to help our enemies by sharing the gospel with them. As He gave us that great commission over in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. 
Jesus came and spake unto them, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. When we really acknowledge that, when we really know that and hang on to that, knowing that He is right there with us no matter what we face, no matter where we go, and gives us that great commission to go out and preach and teach the gospel to all mankind, to everyone, to share the word, to share the love, to shine the light into this dark world. And it truly seems to be getting darker and darker. We look around and we see the things that are going on around the world and in this country. It's so easy to get mad, to get angry, and to get vengeful and want to destroy the evil that we see. But that's not for us to do. The Lord does the destroying. The Lord does the judgment. The Lord, the Lord does the condemnation, not us. We are to shine the light. We are to share the love. We are to be forgiving. Difficult, yes. Sometimes, like what Paul was writing there about, if it be possible as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Sometimes it's not possible. Because, like he just pointed out there, if Thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. Sometimes they don't repent. Sometimes they don't turn away from him. Sometimes they just constantly add it, wanting to, to hurt you, wanting to persecute you, wanting to kill you even. It's hard to be forgiving of someone like that. But if they are forgiving, excuse me, but if they are repented, if they regret it, if they turn away, then we truly, really do need to forgive them. But sometimes it's a door gets closed there. Like it's not possible to deal with that individual. In our heart, we can forgive them. Even if we cannot communicate that forgiveness to them, we of ourselves in our heart can forgive them and lift them up and give them to the Lord. Then we can move on. Disassociate from such a person or even from a a nation of such and pull out and turn them over to the Lord. Pray for them, not hate them, not try to destroy them. But avoid them, yes, because sometimes it's not possible to live in peace with some folks because they are so indwelt with Satan, so overwhelmed with Satan and the lustful desires of the flesh that they are so selfish that they're not interested in any kind of goodness. They reach that point, like we talk about so much about reprobate, that sometimes it's not possible to deal with some folks. You might have relatives like that. You may have associates like that, co-workers like that. Just avoid it. Sometimes it's not possible. Just step back, pray for them, but don't try to get any kind of payback or vengeance against them. Just avoid them. Over in 1 John, a small epistle of 1 John, he teaches us here about the forgiveness that the Lord has given us. The availability of forgiveness. When he was on the cross, Jesus Christ displayed such forgiveness when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In the midst of being crucified, the Lord prayed that, cried that out. Right while they're killing him, right while he's being tortured on that horrible crucifixion experience that he was going through, he still had forgiveness for them. As he tells us over in the small epistle of First John in chapter 1, Verse 7, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. 
associating with each other. That's the Christians associating with Christians. That's why we have congregations coming in to meet together in a church, is to associate with other Christians. It's very important to do that. But if we walk in the light, He is in the light. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. There are those out there that think that they are sinless, that they've never sinned, because they, in their eyes or in their hearts, they think it has to be a certain amount of degree of evil before it's considered sin. But to deny Jesus Christ is sin. They do that, yet they think they're sinless. And that's just not true. They're just a liar. But isn't awesome what it says in verse 9? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess our sins. Sometimes we need to confess, confess our sins directly to the individual that we have sinned against. But primarily we confess our sins to Jesus Christ. We confess our sins to the Lord. And you do that and you lift them up, you give them to Him, you let Him wash you clean because He says He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Once he does that, it's gone. It's wiped away. That stain is erased never to come back against you by the Lord. You may bring it back up against yourself. Others might bring it back up against you. Satan will definitely bring it up against you. But the Lord will not bring it up against you. You can always proclaim, I've been washed clean of that. That's gone. That's not part of me anymore. You can stand on the knowledge of knowing that. Because he clearly tells us, if we confess our sins to Him, not to some little man in a booth behind a little screen or you're sitting in some Catholic cathedral somewhere and you're spilling out your sins to Him. He's got, unless you sin directly to that fellow and you were telling him that, hey, I, I'm sorry I did this to you or that to you, you're just wasting your time. Confessing them to some guy, it doesn't matter. Unless I say, like, unless you sin directly against that fellow. So I don't know where they come up with that strange tradition, but not biblical. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. Because He clearly tells us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everyone. Because after the fall of Adam and Eve, their sin, everybody born since then, born into this world, sinners. Therefore, we must be cleansed. And right into chapter 2, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. We have the guidelines. We have the ordinances. We have the examples. We have the teaching. We have the Word of God that we can go back into and study and know. And when we pray, when we listen to the Holy Ghost, then we know within our hearts what is sin and what is not sin. Now, there are those out there that have deluded their mind, they have corrupted their minds in such a way that they themselves think that they themselves can determine what is a sin and what is not a sin. That's a God of self. And there are many out there that go by that. That if they in their selves feel like that it's not a sin, then it's not a sin. 
What do they apply that to? They say, well, that's a feeling that I have. They even may even say that, that, that their God, their God, is telling them that it's okay to do this or do that. We have many people that practice various self-abuse things that is a sin. You're not supposed to abuse yourself because you don't belong to yourself. You actually belong to Jesus Christ. We're stewards, therefore we're supposed to take care of this body. But if you do anything to hurt this body, you're sinning. They don't look at it that way. My body, I can do with it as I please, attitude. They drink, and they, they smoke, they do drugs, they do other harmful things to their own body. They mutilate themselves with piercings and tattoos and everything else and think there's another thing wrong with it. They are trashing the possession of God. We belong to God. Jesus Christ bought us back. He bought us completely. Our body is His. Therefore, we are stewards. We need to take care of it. If we do anything against that, then we are sinning. But there are way too many people out there that don't think there's anything wrong with self-abuse. They would fall into this. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. It's self-delusion. It's in there. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Jesus Christ the righteous. He's our advocate. He's our attorney, you might say. The one pleading our case right there before the Heavenly Father. He bought us back. He cleansed us. Reason He is the propitiation for our sins. That means He paid the price for all of sin. All mankind's sin, past, present, and future. Everything. He paid the price for even the most ruthless, worthless, sinful, antichrist person out there. He paid the horrible price for all of that. He bought them back. And that gives him authority to allow them to be adopted into his family or to be rejected and cast into the lake of fire. Because he is the payment for our sins. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Clear and simple. If you don't keep the commandments, as those that try to create their own God within themselves and proclaim that they know what is right and wrong because that's the feeling that they have, they are the ones that are lying to themselves and to others. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word... In him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Even as he walked. The example that Jesus Christ gave us. The subject of forgiveness. Just like he did on the cross. Like I said earlier. Jesus said, Father forgive them for they know not what they do. While being crucified he said that. And that gives us that example of forgiveness. Stephen did the same thing when they were stoning him. He saw the example of Jesus Christ. He shared that with others. We have that commandment. He's talking about earlier there in First John about keeping his commandments. Well, which one of the commandments? There's some 633 or so. If you go through all the Old Testament of the statutes, ordinances, and commandments, there's a lot of them. We generally boil it down to ten, 
But Jesus Christ himself boiled it down to two that would blanket everything in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That total devotion to God. That's number one, as he says. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. That verse 40 there lets us know that if you truly keep those two great commandments there, that it blankets all the rest of them. Because all the rest of them are directed toward us having a good relationship with God and a good relationship with others around us. So if we do these two, then that takes care of all the rest. They will be fulfilled in that true expression of love for each other. And that forgiveness is a key part of that love for each other. So during St. Patrick's Day and every day, we should be focusing on that great commandment to love God with all your existence and secondarily to that, to love others as yourself and to be forgiving so that we can receive forgiveness. Because just like he said back over there in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You've got to be forgiving. Forgive others. And if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Be at peace in your circle of influence, and in the entire world. Be at peace. Be forgiving. Let the Lord know when you have any kind of a hard feeling. Let Him know about it. Let Him blanket His love upon you so much that He fills you with His joy and you can have that feeling just taken away of hate or resentment or grudge or unforgiveness can be washed away by latching on to the love of Jesus Christ. And as He gave us that awesome example of forgiveness, we abide by that, then we can be filled with His joy and be happy even in the face of our enemies because we won't be hating them. We'll have compassion for them. We'll have a love for them, wanting to help them, as He gave us that example. So on St. Patrick's Day and every day, be forgiving. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank You for the forgiveness that You have given all of us. To cleanse all of us from all of our unrighteousness is so awesome. Help us to really appreciate that. Help us to share that message with others, just like St. Patrick did. And to use Your example of forgiveness and to be forgiving of others. Thank You so much for it. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, Amen. Thank you all.